This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, I'm Steve Alexander. Welcome to the Ramball Stew. It's Thursday, October 21st. I am your new host. First time I've ever done this, bear with me. Uh, Raphael Johnson is here with me. Uh, today we're going to talk about some of Wednesday's big happenings, including some monster stat lines, some big games from guys on new teams, and a couple of fun rookie debuts all coming up. Raf, what's happening? Nothing much. Uh, obviously, the new setup with uh, you know with you leading the way on Thursdays, and the good thing about this is that there are no landscapers on Thursdays. So, well, I was going to mention that. I, I was hoping that they would be there because the the lawnmower, <laughs> the lawnmower man outside your your window is one of my favorite yeah. things about Fridays. Now we we will get to experience that tomorrow at noon, so we have that to look forward to at least. I'm not on Fridays anymore, so oh, we got a new yeah. schedule. Yeah. Yes, Fridays we do have a new schedule. Well, the lawnmower man is, I guess, a thing of the past. That's kind of sad. Retired. Yeah. Yeah, I have some news, Ralph. My kid came in yeah. uh, to my office last night and said, Dad, did you know that Luca's here tomorrow playing against Trey? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I was so busy. I didn't even realize that's the the Hawks are opening with Dallas. And uh, I sent a text message out and got a hookup. So I'm going to see Trey and Luca tonight with my kid. Last time we went and did that, as some of you guys know, Luca and Porzingis didn't even play. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to some redemption to seeing uh seeing those guys tonight. That's a, a pretty sweet deal. No Gallinari tonight, of course, but you know, with all due respect to him, he's not the headliner. So you know. there it is. <laughs> that should, you know, that should be respect. A, hey, I, you know, it, it, <laughs> with all due respect, respectfully, those seem to be the trends these days. So yeah, but <laughs> Trey versus Luca. That's that should be a fun one tonight. Yeah, and, and the Hawks opener, the crowd should be crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh I've loaded up my my uh DFS lineup with Porzingis and Luca and Trey and okay. Bogey and a bunch of bunch of guys we're gonna be watching tonight. So that'll be fun. But anyway, Wednesday night was pretty pretty crazy. There were eleven games, a lot of action. I think we avoided a lot of um big injury issues, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Hart was one uh there were a couple minor things that happened drew holiday is is probable for his next one from from tuesday night so that's good so we we escaped the first 13 games with very minor drew is actually out i saw the report just before we came on air oh wow so he will not, he will not be playing tonight unfortunately but because they uh upgraded him uh, as of last yeah. night it sounded like he was going to play so okay, um, so Drew's out. So we did we did suffer take a hit. Yeah, the, the good news is that I guess Budenholzer said that the scans came back clear Tuesday night. So he shouldn't miss too much time, but they're not gonna roll the dice on him at all, obviously. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad you saw that because I did not. Okay, from Wednesday night, let's get into this a little bit. Let's let's start off talking about some of the guys who had monster nights. I think mm-hmm. uh 
my favorite game that I watched as far as just watching a guy that I reached for and have a lot of stock in is LaMelo Ball. Uh, LaMelo Ball took the Hornets on a 26-0 tear to pull ahead of the Pacers who really were blowing them out at the time. And LaMelo finished with, what, seven triples, 31 points, nine boards, seven assists. He even had two steals and just two turnovers for a guy with Mm -hmm. the ball in his hand that much. That's my favorite thing about him is he really doesn't turn the ball over. And he's really fun to watch. What would you think of that? He was outstanding. Um, I I think I I wrote about him in the rookie sophomore report that dropped yesterday. And I asked, like, his ADP was 25.8 in Yahoo Leagues. Actually, that was too high. I didn't think so. You know, I thought he was well within – I don't really think even top 20 would be a gamble for him if you if you were drafting, you know, at that point. I, I can't recall where you drafted him specifically, but it wasn't that far off from there. And I didn't feel like much of a gamble at the time because you look at that roster, there's no one that can do what he does for that team. Like, they've got some other guys who can be primary ball handlers like an Ish Smith or a Terry Rozier. But the full package, he's got something that no one else in that roster has and very few guys in the league have. So... He was outstanding last night for Charlotte. And, you know, you grabbed him within the first two rounds of your league. You got to really like what you saw. It's only one game, but still, I think I don't expect to see him drop off too much this season. Well, Straff and I have talked about how he's probably a first-round pick next year. In fact, yeah. we, we both mm-hmm. think he definitely is going to be. And the funny thing is, this season, uh, my friend Amy that I play in a league with, she, she likes – I feel like she reads – and listens to a lot of what I do. And she, her goal in drafts is to, to make me mad. And <laughs> in, in that draft, she took LaMelo Ball at number seven. And everybody okay. was like, what? And uh, including me, because I was like, that's mm-hmm. that's really not cool. But, you know, people thought I was crazy in the NBC Sports uh, draft show that we did, because I got Luke at one. And then on the turn, I took LaMelo and Michael Porter yeah. Jr., so I don't think I took LaMelo later than 13th or 14th in any of the leagues I have him in. Mm-hmm. So his ADP would be even more jacked up had I not been drafting him so early. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, a good point. Yeah, so another big line from Wednesday night. I think we're done with LaMelo. Jalen, Jalen Brown of the Celtics. Jalen had 46 points, nine boards, six assists, three steals, a block, eight three-pointers. He said he when he had COVID, he was dealing with shortness mm-hmm. of breath, and that was the worst part of it. I mean, he did not look like a guy who was not feeling 100% in that game. Like, it, it was crazy what he did. Yeah, that, you know, I think you everyone went in expect, wondering how his minutes would be allocated. You know, you probably expect to see him in short bursts, but... He got off to a scalding hot start. I think he scored, what, like 11 of their first 14 or something like that? Um, 22 in the first quarter. It was incredible. A guy who was just one day removed from being, you know, excused from COVID protocols. He had one practice under his belt. You mentioned the, the breathing issues. I couldn't believe what I was watching, you know, and for him to play as many minutes as he played in a double overtime thriller, that's incredible. You know, what you hope is that it won't put Boston in a, like a false sense of security where we don't have to manage his minutes. Because I think you would want him to do that just to make sure you don't run into any immediate issues. I think it ultimately be fine, but 
you still want to exercise a little bit of caution there. Yeah, and uh, I think you you said it best. Double overtime thriller. That that was probably yeah. the game of the night. Um, oh yeah, very fun to watch. Jalen was mm-hmm. amazing, and it, and I don't think we can talk about that game without mentioning a certain time lord. Robert Williams went off yes. for 16 points, 10 boards, three steals, and five blocks. This is why we've been hyping this guy for two years. This is what you know fantasy managers have been waiting for for a long time. And it seemed like he was always in foul trouble or the minutes didn't work out or whatever. But, man, hopefully this is the year, mm-hmm. the year of our Lord. <laughs> yeah, he was very good. Uh, I think the defensive – side of the ball is where it sticks out to me not just the five blocks but you mentioned the foul issues he's had in the past he was able to execute some of those switches on the perimeter without getting into foul trouble last night i think that's the biggest key because it allowed boston to play him extended minutes and also go small that's why we didn't see ennis Cantor at all obviously al horford is still out covid protocols if robert williams is getting into the 30s and minutes on a consistent basis I don't know if there are any words for what he could possibly do in a fantasy league because we saw what he did last night. He was outstanding. Uh, and sky's the limit for a guy like him. Foul trouble and staying healthy are probably the biggest hurdles that he'll have to clear this season. Yeah, and it, it reminds me of when we had uh, Adam Schefter on the show last year. I don't think mm-hmm. you were there. I think it was Matt and I no. and Schefter. But he was ranting and raving about the time yeah. lord. And and like you said, you know, if he gets 30 minutes a night, how do you even – how do you even figure yeah. out what that looks like? It's going to be insane. So props to the Time Lord for getting getting it done and uh, raising all of our hopes. Third guy, Monster Knight, the guy that Straup and I have kind of been hard on this year, and a guy who didn't have a very good fantasy ranking last year was Ja Morant. Had the dunk of the mm-hmm. night, and then one play on Sports Center, of course. 37.6 boards, six assists, two blocks, a triple, 17 to 29. Starting next to DeAnthony Melton, which was fun to see. Melton played really well. Um, JJJ played okay. So Memphis is one of those teams that's going to be really fun to watch. And I'm hoping that John Morant takes his game to a new level this year and proves Matt and I wrong because he's so fun to watch play. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Those guys were all good that you mentioned. I'd say Desmond Bain also had a good night. You know, I think – the trade they made sending Grayson Allen to Milwaukee cleared up minutes. Obviously, Dylan Brooks you don't have in there right now, too, because of the injury. But clearing up those minutes for Bain and Melton, I think Melton would be the better choice for me in terms of fantasy value. But I, if you ended up settling for Bain, I don't really know if that would be considered a settle at this point because of what he can give you as a perimeter shooter. He can give you some, some defensive production as well. Yeah, and Desmond Bain starting was huge. Uh, Mm Slow-mo, Kyle Anderson came off the bench for the preseason. He came off the bench last night. He's he's now the sixth man for that team, and and it'll be interesting to see what happens when Dylan Brooks does return. But slow-mo had a nice, compact, efficient line last night that produced decent numbers. So hopefully he's going to be okay. Hopefully for Renee Miller's sake, slow-mo is going to be okay. (laughs) She reached for him pretty hard in in our draft. Our video draft, but uh, he he was okay. But man, Ja looked really good, and uh, I just I hope that the the shooting numbers and the turnovers and everything works out that he he ends up being a, a beast this year. I hopefully stays healthy too. He had an ankle problem mm-hmm. last year. I'm interested to see how teams defend him moving forward because he doesn't give you a great deal in terms of three point shooting. 
But the way that he can apply pressure off the dribble, I'm interested to see how teams will look to try to keep him out of the paint. That may be the biggest issue for Job, ja, but as we've seen, there really isn't too much that can stop it. Yep. Okay, let's move on to a new guy on a new team who kind of went off, Evan Fournier. 32.6 triples, four steals, and a block for his new team, the New York Knicks. That was kind of expected. Like, I, I kind of feel like he's going to be the main offensive weapon on that team. I don't know how you feel about that. What do you think, Ralph? He was last night. Yeah, I don't know if we, we can expect him to put up 20-plus shots as he did last night. He had 25. He made 13 of them. There were some interesting shot selection issues uh, in the second half of that game. He certainly didn't struggle like Kemba did you know, down the stretch. They had to eventually pull him off the floor. But Fournier gave you know people who may have him a very good – very good run last night. You get him outside the top 100, I think you have to be feeling pretty good. If anything, I think managers who have R.J. Barrett may be a bit concerned because he really didn't get going until they actively started getting him the ball in the third quarter. So if he's not getting the ball to initiate things offensively, I think there's a little bit of concern there. But it's something with time that you hope the Knicks will be able to figure out. Yeah, Barrett didn't even score in the first half, which was yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. He finished up with 19 and 5 and 2, so that's okay. But as far as Fernier, Fernier's one of those guys where I feel like when I wrote about him in the draft guide and I I put him in my rankings, I was I was like, yeah, I love this guy in New York. I'm going to be I'm going to get tons of Fernier this year, but then when it came to my actual draft, I mm-hmm. I was passing on him and reaching for other guys. So I'm not quite sure why I don't have more Evan Fournier on my team, but I don't. Uh, I think we need to mention Mitchell Robinson real quick. Yeah, Uh, 11.17 boards and two blocks. That's what you want from that guy. Hit all five of his shots, only two fouls, much like the time Lord Robert Williams. It's time for Mitchell Robinson to get it done or or it's not going to happen. So that was that was pretty that was pretty encouraging to see as well, Mm -hmm. I thought. Yeah, he had three assists, too, but I was a little concerned late is he looked to be laboring in that second overtime. And he just had one preseason game coming off the broken foot. One of those things, like, you know, I don't know if you want him playing 34 minutes right away, but you get in the heat of the the competition, load management can sometimes go out of the window there. And I think, obviously, you know all the jokes about Tom Thibodeau and minute allocation and whatnot. That may be the one concern for Mitchell, but... As long as he can stay healthy, stay out of foul trouble, like like we said with Robert Williams, I think he should be in good shape. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Okay, another new face in a new place is Kyle Kuzma starting for the Washington Wizards. Rui Hachimura is out uh, for a little bit. Kuz had 11 points, 15 boards, a steal, a block, two three-pointers. I don't know about you, but I I think he was an obvious play in DFS last night. I went ahead and rolled with him. The salary's right. I also picked him up in a few leagues because I think he's going to play a lot of mints for them. I think he's... (laughs) it's good for him to be out of LA and out of the shadow of some of those guys. So mm-hmm. I kind of think Kuzma is going to, going to have a nice year. Yeah. I think my one concern coming off of last night is the efficiency. Uh, he had five turnovers. He's going to have more opportunities with the ball in his hands. Obviously, what does he do with those chances? He can obviously put up numbers, but how many turnovers are going to come with those numbers? I think that's the biggest concern for fantasy managers and DFS players too. Yeah. Also, uh, how is this shooting going to be? You know, you never yeah. know. You never know about that either. So, mm-hmm. but a double double on opening night for Kuzma. I don't, I don't think He'll a lot take of people it. were yeah. expecting a ton from him coming in. You got him late. You picked him up off the waiver wire. I think he could have a could have a decent year. Um, staying right there in Washington, Montrez Harrell had a big night off the bench for that team while Daniel mm-hmm. Gafford started and was, was kind of quiet. I don't have that box score pulled up, but I can pull it up right now. I, actually. Got, I got it right here. Okay. Harold had 22 and nine, Harold 22 had, and nine, one assist and one block nine of 11 shooting from the field. Right. And he played 26 minutes. Gafford mm-hmm. started hit all three of his shots, finished with eight points, five boards, two steals, and four blocks. So Gafford didn't play a ton of minutes or put up big numbers, but those steals and blocks are huge. And that's why, you know, us and Matt Straub love him so much. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how that duo shakes out. And then when you add Thomas Bryant in the mix later on, then you've got a, a real mess at center in Washington. But I think if you drafted Danny Gafford or Montrez Harrell right now, you were, you were okay with what went down last oh, yeah. night. Because even when Bryant returns, you'd have to imagine they're going to be load management nights, you know, coming off the ACL tear. So Harrell, I think, as a reserve, I actually think he has higher value as a reserve than as a starter because you get fewer minutes alongside Spencer Dinwiddie and Bradley Beal. Those guys are obviously going to dominate the offense in terms of the touches and whatnot. So for him kind of being more of a focal point with that second unit while also getting some time on the court with those, those two stars I mentioned, I think that, that's a good deal for Harold and, and people who haven't rostered. Yeah, a couple more uh, rotation things. This is kind of going away from the theme, but man, in that same game, the Raptors bigs and Nick Nurse are already off to an incredibly rocky start. Precious Achua starts, plays 19 minutes, doesn't do a whole lot. Chris Boucher comes off the bench for 18 minutes, throws up some wild shots. Shot <laughs> selection was out there. He hit three of 10. Did have a three-pointer. He did have two blocks, but seven points and four boards. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Ken Birch comes in for 26 minutes, only takes four shots, but ends up with nine points, nine boards, zero blocks, zero steals. 
all three of those guys are on fantasy rosters. Uh, some of them were taken higher than others. Boucher was going reasonably high in drafts before mm-hmm. he got the finger injury. And this is not a good look for opening night, in my my opinion. Yeah, that that thing, that whole – it was a bit of a fiasco in Toronto last night. I'm not sure anyone played well. Yet OG and Anobi going three for 17. Fred Van Vliet wasn't much better at five for 20. Scotty Barnes at six turnovers. You expect a rookie to have, you know, that type of night with regard to the turnovers. You know, that, okay, it is what it is. But for Ananobi and Van Vliet to shoot that poorly, and then the bigs you mentioned, they really weren't all that good last night. You know, you had your moments. But overall, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens when they get Pascal Siakam back. Because I think one of those three bigs is going to be completely out of the rotation at some point. Which one it is, I don't know. But. Somebody's going to be losing minutes there. And they got beat by the Washington Wizards. Yeah. uh, At Toronto. It was rather convincing, too. And that was Toronto's first game in Toronto in, what, two years? Mm -hmm. So Drake was right there in the front row. The crowd (laughs) had to be just in a frenzy. And the Washington Wizards come in and take them out. Like, I'm not going to analyze the job that Nick Nurse does because I'm not a I'm not an NBA coach, but mm-hmm. he better fix that pretty quick because people are not going to have the patience for for that kind of nonsense. So, all right, uh, one other guy that we don't have on the agenda that I just wanted to mention real quick because we talked so much about him is a lot of us reached or took Kevin Porter Jr. in our drafts yeah. for those really interesting Houston Rockets. He had a rough night, man. Nine turnovers, mm-hmm. didn't shoot it particularly well, didn't rack up the assists like we hoped he would, just really did not have a very good game. He was 4 of 12, 11 points, three assists, nine turnovers. So, Ralph, are you pushing the panic button, or is this opening night jitters and he's going to be just fine, or is he just that guy? One really good night followed up by a couple off nights. I'd say the latter, and that's kind of how I looked at him going into fantasy drafts. That team's in the midst of a long rebuild. You're going to have these nights where they get, where they look like they probably shouldn't be an NBA franchise, to be frank with you. You know, they had those, they played poorly. I think the biggest shock was who blew them out. Like, you wouldn't expect Minnesota to be the one, you know, blowing blowing a team out, given their, their recent history, but yeah, the nine turnovers are a concern, but just first job, his first year as the full full on point guard for that franchise, you're going to expect those nights. You just hope that it'll be more like four or five turnovers as opposed to what he produced last night. Yeah, it was just bad. And you mentioned Minnesota, and how about mm-hmm. how about us finally getting to see the big three in Minnesota? Yeah. D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, and Ant Man Anthony Edwards. Edwards looked mm-hmm. fantastic. Cat looked fantastic. Uh, D'Angelo was was nice. I think the Minnesota fans finally have something to look forward to this season. I don't I don't yeah. see a championship. I don't necessarily see a deep playoff run or, or a playoff run at all, possibly. But at least they've got their core together. Cats fired up and and really wants to come out and dominate this year. And and he looked really good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the, the big three looked good. You know, you didn't get much from the bench guys like Malik Beasley or Nas Reed, but they both gave you good defensive production. Two and two for Beasley, steals and blocks. One and three for Reed. But yeah, like you said with the big three, Russell didn't shoot it particularly well, but overall they were quite efficient, I would say. Um, Turnovers are the one concern there. But 
Yeah, if Towns is healthy and, and given everything that he's been through off the court the last couple of years, if he's on point, that's a guy that at minimum you're looking at a top five fantasy player in my opinion. Yep, I fully agree. All right, last category is rookie debuts. Uh, I think we may have buried the lead in this entire show, Roth. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I think the early line of the night and one of the most surprising line of the night lines of the night for some people was Chris Duarte mm-hmm. in Indiana. First of all, they threw him in the starting lineup on opening night. The first Pacer rookie to start the season in the lineups in 20 years since uh, yeah. Jamal Tinsley did it back in 2001. <laughs> That's crazy, right? Uh, Duarte hit nine of 15 shots, six three-pointers, 27 points, five boards, and assist to steal, played 33 minutes. Uh, Sabonis went off. Miles uh, Turner had four blocks. Malcolm Brogdon went off, and the Pacers actually looked really good until they, they choked up that lead. But Duarte... Man, if you stuck him in DFS or took a late flyer on him in your fantasy league, uh, things could not have gotten off to a better start last night. Oh, yeah. I think he was an obvious choice just because of the injuries. You know, obviously, Edmund Sumner's no longer with the team, but he had the ruptured Achilles. Got TJ Warren and Karis LeVert still out. So he was obviously going to play and, and play heavy minutes. Um, now it's a situation when those two ultimately come back, we could look at Duarte as a possible anchor for that second unit because they didn't get much from the bench last night, and I think that's why they ran out of gas. Um, the lack of production from those three reserves that they played. So a very good night for him. It goes without saying, you break a couple franchise records in your debut. That That's special stuff right there. Yep, and uh, I was I got a couple questions last night from guys. Should I cut TJ McConnell to pick up Duarte? You know, at this point, if I've got a fringe player that I was hoping for for big things from, say a Najee Marshall with no yeah. Zion Williamson who really didn't do much, or if I've got the guy I just just mentioned, T.J. McConnell, yeah. and I can drop them to go get Duarte, I'm probably going to do it just for the upside, mm-hmm. just for the the fun factor of doing that. Oh, I agree. Because McConnell was a top 100 player last year, but that's an outlier for him with regard to his career. So. Yeah, I don't think there should be any hesitation to drop a guy like that for Chris Duarte. All right. The last rookie, we we actually somehow covered this entire team without mentioning uh, Evan Mobley. Yeah. Uh, Mobley Mobley was pretty fun last night, playing alongside Jared Allen. That's why I meant. Jared Allen, by the way, 11-11, 25 points, three steals and three blocks. That was just stupid. <laughs> I don't even, and I have him on so many teams because he's sitting there in the, the mm-hmm. eighth or ninth or tenth round. And if you need a, a second or third center, he was just just sitting there. And that, that's that's an out. You tell him to talk about an outlier line. I think that's a little bit outlierish for for Jared Allen, but man, he is. Uh, that was fun. But Evan mm-hmm. Mobley playing right next to him had seventeen points, nine boards, six assists, a steal, a block, a three, hit seven of thirteen shots. Uh, that Mobley line is very tempting and the Cavaliers at least have something going on that we can turn the TV on to watch this year. Oh, for sure. Um, when I saw the starting lineup, I was extremely concerned. Starting marketing in that lineup didn't make sense to me. I don't think I'm the only one who thought that either. And of course he played poorly, but yeah, Mobley, he did a little bit of everything. He's shown abilities to potentially be a face up four kind of player alongside of Jared Allen, they could use him at the five as well. 
there's a lot to like about Evan Mobley. There will be some growing pains, but yeah, really, really big debut for him in my opinion. Yeah. And you know, I don't feel like there was a lot of hype on Mobley in drafts. Like everybody was, was making sure they got Cade Cunningham and, you know, there were a couple mm-hmm. other guys that people seemed to be really going after, but I felt like Mobley was more like, eh, he's there, I'll take him. And yeah, and, uh, that was a really good, really good debut for him. So hopefully that's, that's going to keep going. The issue for a lot of people, at least it was for me in my drafts, is that you remember the marketing signing. And it's like, what what's Cleveland doing and what are they going to do with that lineup? Obviously, we saw what they did last night. I hope they don't stick with that. Um, they need to move Isaac Okoro back into the starting five. I think he's a better fit for that group. But, you know, one game down, I think you have to be um, a bit encouraged by what Evan Mobley showed, even though the lineup itself really didn't make too much sense. All right. Well, that's going to just about do it. I did want to give a shout-out to my guy, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. <laughs> 23 points, five boards, an assist, a steal, a block, four three-pointers, hit nine of 16 shots. He was the guy I was reaching for in every single draft, him and LaMelo, really. And uh, I was pretty psyched to see to see mm-hmm. that go down. And, man, the Pelicans are really bad. Yeah, uh, since we're doing the shout-outs, I'll give one to Gordon Hayward. Um, he was coming off of COVID protocols, 27-5-3, one steal and two three-pointers in 35 minutes. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't Jalen Brown good, but I thought he showed quite well for himself given the amount of time he missed. Raph, I like that. I think we're going to have to end uh, all of our Thursday shows with a shout-out to somebody. Yeah. Shout-out to Bob Rathman. You know why. <laughs> and that's it. That's going to do it. We'll be back. Some of us will be back Friday at noon, and we'll do it all over again at the Round Ball Stoop. Thanks, Raph. All right. Thank you. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.